0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 370. Today, we're going to talk about the heroes of Dark Disciple. Bunch it, Chewie! It's rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedi. Seven minutes a day, seven days a week. Join Alan Voivod for today's Star Wars 7x7 podcast. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we are continuing our coverage of Dark Disciples' release. That is the new canon novel by Christy Golden that is based on scripts, eight of them specifically, that were unproduced for the Clone Wars cartoon series. Now, here's the thing. Um, I'm working my way through the Clone Wars cartoon series, and we're doing a canon catch-up feature every so often where we are looking at the different episodes and pulling out... Different elements that might be of interest to non cartoon watching Star Wars fans who want to catch up on the canon, as you know, I guess that makes it aptly named, doesn't it? <laughs> but the gist of what I wanted to get to when I'm mentioning this particular fact is that the things that I've read and listened to in relation to the Clone Wars cartoon series suggest that. The series definitely got stronger as it went on. And so when we talk about having unproduced scripts for the show, that's not a suggestion that, eh, you know, maybe these were cutting room floor things going on. These were just things that they had really good ideas for that they were well along in the whole process of actually developing the series, so we're not talking about stuff that was, oh, we were thinking about this in Season 1, so it's not Season 1 quality, per se. It's more like, you know, Season 6, Season 7 quality, even though, of course, there was no Season 7, but if uh, there was, this might well have been a part of it. So, you've got some really good stuff here, and of course, Christy Golden uh, was given license to take you know, from the scripts themselves, and then was also given some license to roll with new ideas based on what she was given. And I think there's no more important part of this whole story than the relationship between Quinlan Voss Vos and Asajj Ventress. Now that's not to sell Obi-Wan Kenobi short, who is really growing in my estimation. He was already one of my favorite characters to begin with, and I think they have done much to flesh out his character, um, not just with the Clone Wars series, but even just in the whole canon itself. I think Obi-Wan has become a much stronger and more pivotal character than he ever had been and he definitely has his share of scenes in Dark Disciple as do Yoda and Mace Windu and even Anakin Skywalker pops in for a uh, for a breezy little time but uh, mostly it is Obi-Wan who's that you know third supporting character focus. Um, Quinlan Voss, though is the main Jedi here and his role in having to infiltrate essentially, uh, Asajj Ventress's emotions, her operation, her one-person operation, (laughs) how do you infiltrate a one-person operation, but uh, to ingratiate himself to her. What a fascinating way to approach this story, because Asajj Ventress is a broken woman emotionally. She's doing fine, well enough, subsisting as a bounty hunter, and of course, you know, she's very skilled and talented at that, but you know, her time with Count Dooku and then allying with the Knight Sisters, and then having all the Knight Sisters uh, decimated and wiped out by General Grievous. Any attempt at feeling emotion has been totally wiped away. She has locked herself down entirely. That becomes part of the challenge, not just. Ingratiating himself, Quinlan Voss, ingratiating himself with her as far as becoming part of her bounty hunting team, to making it a partnership, but also finding a way to crack through her emotional blockade. Now the novel is written in third person omniscient which means that we get to go inside the heads of both Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress and I got to say having the force as part of your novel is really very helpful because you get to see people's emotional states and Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress get to see each other's emotional states and get to judge more realistically and honestly emotionally how each other how each feels about the other. To some degree, at least. I mean, Quinlan Voss has the rare Jedi talent of psychometry, which is defined as being able to touch objects and actually feel and experience things that happened related to and around those objects, but it's also described as him being able to completely sort of mask what his true persona is in the Force. So Asajj Ventress is, in theory, not supposed to be able to realize that he's a Jedi, or even realize that he's a Force user of any kind. And to go any further, that, will, we'd start to be pulling at the uh, the details of the plot for you, and I'd like to save that for you, if I could. What I do want to say, though, is that it is a job to get two people to be into each other, in such a I mean in a book in general let alone in part of a book in order to actually get them on a path to say assassinate <laughs> a separatist leader for example and the fact that Christy Golden does this and basically a mere quarter of the book is really rather remarkable I do think the force helps um, I had said randomly and off the cuff on an expanded comic-verse podcast that the Force is like spackle that kind of fills up plot holes that uh, and that you normally would go, huh? And you'd feel that sort of lurch that uh, takes you out of the story and makes you think about the structure of it or the elements of it instead of actually just experiencing it. But uh, thankfully, the Force kind of glides us over in some of that stuff. And, you know, maybe it greases the wheels for the relationship, but... Um, one thing I will say, though, is that the novel's biggest success, I think, is in the treatment of Asajj Ventress. And, I mean, there are external stakes to be had with the assassination of Count Dooku and the war happening and whatnot, but the internal stakes for Asajj Ventress's emotional state are just as remarkable inside the book. I think Christy did a great job with her and also a great job with the comparatively blank slate of Quinlan Voss and creating a person who was strong enough to be strong enough for Saj Ventress. Okay, trivia time. Dangerous and disturbing, this puzzle is. Last time we asked you what Luke addresses Vader as for the first time, and that was Father. Today's question, who flew a custom bent-winged TIE fighter? Uh. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7, and hey, before you give your droids to Jabba the Hutt, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And please support the podcast by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not just a gift, it's destiny unleashed.